Hi there. So we have a second guest in the studio today and she will be talking mainly about sexual abuse including rape. She'll be speaking as to how to navigate healing for those survivors of sexual abuse. And her name is Nimisire Emitomo. Welcome. Thank you for joining us in the studio today. It's a privilege to have you. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, um, Nimi, we're having these questions um, today that are focused mainly on abuse and how it affects um, individuals and especially how individuals can heal from this abuse. So, um, we will like so we've, we, we've, we've already had um, someone in the studio that has spoken about his um, experience with abuse growing up and um, we would like to actually talk a little bit more about sexual abuse now, especially in the case of rape as it's very rampant in Nigeria. And we are just um, glad to have you in the studio to join us in this discussion. So by way of introduction, I know you are um, Nemisire Mitomo, but our listeners need to know need to know rather more of what you do. So if you can just use um, maybe 30 seconds to tell us a little bit of what you do, where you're at, that would be cool. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Um, my name is Nimi Siri and I am a sexual reproductive health and rights advocate. Um, I'm a writer too. So basically I volunteer with organizations that are working on ending gender-based violence and giving um, support to survivors of gender-based violence. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that's good. Thank you very much. And thank you for the work you do. I, I think that the work you do is very, very important and I'm sure our listeners will agree. Um, so, yeah. So, um, talking about gender-based, um, violence, um, I will just jump right in and ask you the nature of um, help you give um, these um, victims, if we call them that, or these survivors, if we call them that. Okay. Okay, so because I'm just an individual and I don't have my own organization or anything like that, what I do is I, when I am told of a case, if I can, I get in touch with the survivor, try to calm them at first let them know that i'm here um, to support them then i link them to organizations that can offer the kind of support that they need in that moment and even after and sometimes those organizations have to be in the state they are in and when there are no organizations uh, that can give them the kind of support they need in the state they are in i try to connect them to others that can still remotely support them. And this um, kind of support includes um, sometimes legal, psychosocial, uh, I don't know, sometimes medical too. So, yeah. The incidents happen where I am. They actually go to the survivor's place and be with them. So, yeah, if it's somewhere I can go to, I can also, sometimes I also go to where the survivor is just 
okay okay um thank you very much and for these um cases that you intervene with um you are able to monitor the healing curve right yes sometimes yes but not all of them okay what are the um exemptions like and why okay the exemptions are probably cases that i am not like directly in touch with the survivor like once i just link them to the organization that would help them i i probably stop reaching out but there are some that i still reach out to like three that i still reach out to okay okay yeah. that's interesting all right so uh, i'm just going to ask this now again that um is healing possible um is healing possible for especially from sexual um violence do you think healing is possible in your experience and of course from your thought possible as long as a person um understands that what happened to them is in the past and it doesn't have the power to keep holding them down even though trauma has this way of making us feel it it has a way of imbibing fear into us such that any semblance of what a lot and we think that it's going going to happen again so yeah healing is possible once you um put your mind to um the process to wanting to heal and once you believe that um yes you can get over whatever happened and you can um do better in life than you even were before you experienced the trauma okay <clears throat> okay okay so um it's actually a whole process yes it is okay interesting so um i, I then want to find out so we um we we've, we all condemn sexual um forms of assault in fact we, we've condemned we condemn all forms of assault and we specifically condemn um sexual assault including um including rape incidences and over the last couple of weeks months now we would say that we've um the social media especially twitter has seen a lot of cases where people come out to call um rapists or um, alleged rapists um on social media platforms in the name of seeking justice i would like you to have your take on this because there's a school of thoughts that um that believes uh, that believe rather that these individuals would be better off if they go straight to the law court and not social media and um then there are some people that say that okay the um, justice system is especially in nigeria is not exactly upstanding and does not provide um, enough um this for these people so um i would like to know what your stand is okay so even today i have had a discussion um on an uh, an activism session today on call out culture and uh, council culture so why i personally have my own issue with call out and council culture because i believe what someone was maybe a year ago isn't what they still have i understand the need for survivors to speak out because what we as advocates encourage is breaking the culture of silence and to an extent breaking uh, the uh, silence speaking out 
can contribute to a survivor's healing process. So when people speak out on social media, sometimes they just want to like, um, I don't know, un- unburden themselves of the, is it the secrets? Because it the, the part of real culture is telling you that you have to keep what happened to you as a secret. Nobody has to hear. Uh, people will shame you. So when people um, um, explore the liberty to actually speak out that this person, to name who I'm them, this person did this to me, sometimes it's just for them to like um, onboard and offload. And sometimes they do it because, as you, as you have said, the justice system in Nigeria is very weak and it doesn't exactly favor um, I was going to say women. Yes, it doesn't exactly favor women, doesn't exactly favor girls, doesn't exactly favor survivors and victims of um, gender-based violence in the sense that even when you go to the police station to report, this has happened to me before. If Mine wasn't even in a case of rape. Mine was to go and report a stolen item. And I, was go- I wasn't going there from my own house. I was going there from someone's place i said over there i was going there because the person told me to just go and report i didn't have the plans to i would have probably worn something else or i wouldn't even have i was wearing shorts the shorts was just right above my knee it wasn't something that was so like short it was right above my knee and i go to the gate told the person i made it was even a woman that i'm there to report uh, a stolen item and the first she, she said to me was that i couldn't enter that you can't go in like that Don't, didn't you know that you're coming to a police station like the first thing she did was actually shame me for what i was wearing mm-hmm. so if it were to be a survivor that actually went there yeah to report the, the person would have been like the person would have been torn off completely so I just had to beg her. I just told her what happened. I kept begging her. And she told me that whatever my eyes is in there, she, it's not her fault that whatever they do to me inside, even though she told me that I can't go in. She just, I just went there. So um, there's so much, um, is it rape culture that is even imbibed into uh, our system in Nigeria, including the law enforcement um, agency where they ask survivors very um, triggering questions that further re-traumatizes them. So that's actually keeps survivors from pursuing justice. Also, the um, the court processes, the trials and everything, they are so frustrating because they are little to no... Um, is it, there is little to no uh, much of forensic... Um, is it is it uh, is it skills? It's not really skills. Is it personnel now in Nigeria that yeah. actually focused on survivors getting justice? I'm sure that most people don't even know that when they get raped, that the first thing they should do is to go to the hospital, get treatment, ensure I'll uh, make sure that forensic evidence is taken in case they want to pursue justice now when there's no forensic evidence when um even if they get forensic evidence we do not really have a database that contains dna of everyone in nigeria so they can't even match it you know what i'm saying say someone gets read by a stranger they can't match it to anyone so the justice process is so frustrating that at the end of the day, see, I thought this was in 2018 that I was in touch with a survivor that 
the first day she went to the hospital they said the person that was so it was so frustrating as i'm remembering now sorry i'm actually like annoyed all over again she went to the hospital the first day she, when she got raped they thought that the person that was supposed to get the forensic evidence the doctor was not around because she was so bent on getting justice this girl was so annoyed because she went to deliver clothes to the person and the person raped her she's a vendor the person mm. raped her so she was so hungry she did not have a bath that day she was like okay she'll go again the second day the second day again they said the person was still around she did not have a bath like this is how like keen on getting justice this girl was the third day when they eventually get got the forensic evidence the girl had like she had lost all the fight in her at the end of the day i think at the point she stopped picking my calls she stopped like responding to my message because she was already frustrated so the justice system in nigeria doesn't really favor survivors and it frustrates them so much that instead of actually going to the law to um actually uh let the law take its course people would rather go online knowing that oh there are people they are feminists and there are other survivors and their organizations that are going to believe them regardless so yes that is why people come online to name and shame hmm. okay that that's <clears throat> that's an interesting perspective because um the other question i was going to ask was if justice if seeking justice was enough because uh, people were always uh, so some people were of the opinion that the reason people come on social media is because they are seeking some kind of justice um maybe not from the legal system of course but maybe mm-hmm. just yeah just from social media or this um the community but then i was going to ask if justice is just enough but then your explanation um already shows um the reason people actually come to the social media instead of going directly to the courts so i i, I think mm-hmm. that's yeah, I think that's that's pretty much. So now that we have now that we have this challenge with in the institution as it is, especially in Nigeria, um, we cannot also neglect the fact that even if justice by some means is served to the um, survival, that there's still need for healing, right? And of course. Yeah. So so I I would like that we focus a little bit on this, like so like I want to now to you to maybe hint on this or rather touch on this as extensively as possible um talking mm-hmm. about yeah talking about how a, a survival can get to heal i know that the healing curve is very different for everybody but mm-hmm. um, yeah generally how can they get to heal how can they get to um pass the um shame and um, the stigma that comes with being a rape victim yeah, because that at the end of the day, wants any um, listener who's been uh, is, who is a survivor of this unfortunate event to sort of have a perspective or yeah, a map of how to proceed on the next steps to take. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I want them, I want survivors to know that they are not victims. As long as they are not dead, the only people who i call victims are those who lost their lives to this violence or any kind of violence they are survivors because they are still alive they are not victims of their perpetrators they survived the incident so they have to know that they can thrive and they are already thriving and there is no shame there is no shame at all in being violated the only person who should be ashamed is 
the perpetrator. So the perpetrator is the owner of the shame. So an extent, shame kind of I think shame kind of slows healing process. Because when you are like, oh, I'm already getting better, then you're outside and you're like, oh, are they looking at me? Like, do they know what mm. happened to me? You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. it kind of slows, it kind of slows the healing process. It's like it's like an obstacle. So um I I think learning or unlearning shame is very important i cannot like overemphasize it like it is very very important you also have to know that what happened does not reduce your worth in any way anyone who attaches your worth to your um sexual organ or to any part of your body at all doesn't really rate you the person does not really rate you as a human so whatever happened does not affect your world because the feeling on of unworthiness also contributes to um um the slow healing process so when you start mm-hmm. feeling ashamed when you start feeling unworthy when you think that you are less of what you were before yeah. what happened happened yeah so you, you you kind of try to you kind of start to lose touch with who you really are so you are still worthy you are very worthy you are not to be ashamed there is no shame in what happened to you also make sure if you can see me my own is that i want everyone to know that they should do everything they want to do at their own pace there's no there shouldn't be anything like forcing a survivor to speak out or telling you that if you don't speak out you can't heal no healing is different for everybody when you are ready to talk talk and make sure that the people you talk to are your people there are people who are going to believe you make sure that you would know you will know the kind of people you have in yourself you know the kind of people who are going to be like oh this thing also happened to me forget about it so you are going to get over it you are going to know those kind of you are going to know those kind the kind of people who are going to believe you and give you the kind of support that you need so those are the people you should go to when you are ready to talk so go to people who are going to support you regardless and connect you to organization or people who are going to support you psycho uh, psychologically because you are going to need help with healing I- i'm not really sure that healing is um is a lone journey is a journey that you you go through all on your own we all need people and you especially might actually need a therapist so yes go to people who are going to connect you to people or professionals that are going to give you psychosocial support yeah um another thing is that make sure that these people are the kind of people that can be um your support system in the sense that whenever you need to talk because there are times that you might feel down whenever you need to talk whenever you need um someone to give you hope whenever you need someone to pull you up when you are sinking they are going to be there for you that is important mm-hmm. also make sure that you try on your own to overcome your fears so that you can go out there and um do the things that you were going to do before the trauma happened so that you can go back to yourself as you were before whatever happened happened and you can like um live your life optimally yeah yeah uh, thank thank you so much nemi for um these words they are actually um very very precise so I, 
um <coughs> can you hear me yes i can okay good so i i wanted to take you a little bit back to the point where you said um coming out or speaking at your pace and i i, I just wanted you to be a little bit clear on that um as per who we are speaking to so do you mean speaking or calling the person out or talking to a trusted person because um i i don't know that um school of thought or their people who would say that when it happens to you it's always good to at least talk to someone someone that is responsible someone that you trust so that um you don't just it doesn't just happen to you and then you're in denial for a lot of um, a lot of time or a long time maybe months or years you understand but then you talk to someone so that the healing process can start as very very um, as, as soon as possible right so that um you are able to heal i don't even get the get what i'm trying to say instead yeah. of living yeah instead of ruminating over it and over it and then it's it's causing more or deeper hurt um for you you understand yeah so yeah so i i wanted you to just emphasize on that if you meant um coming out to the public or coming out to a trusted person well i would honestly like i said my own see my own is like in everything the survival center it is what the survival wants but honestly i would advise that you speak to like your own people first before you come out yeah. to the public because the public doesn't know you like your people know you the public right. might be might be in support of you one moment and then the person you accuse says something that has their attention and they move Mm-hmm. so it's better for you to actually speak to your own people people who are going to people you trust people who trust you people who, who know you enough to stand by you regardless um what is going on so it's better for you to like speak to those people first and if you still mm-hmm. want to yes you can um speak to the public about it as well Okay. Okay. Interesting. Good. So I, I, um, we're running off the podcast now, but then I want to ask that you speak to friends and family. So chances are that we would have people in our network who um, experienced um, some form of abuse, sexual abuse, as it were. How? What is the role we are supposed to play? What kind of um, support are we supposed to give them? Is there a rule book to this? Okay, there isn't exactly a rule. Someone, their um, health, their peace of mind should be the most important thing to you, regardless how they themselves want to like get it. So it is important for you to like um, calm them, tell them that you believe them. See, survivors want to know that you. Um, they are not seen as because um, what you, what you see people saying online these days are okay these people are attention seekers they are liars yeah so so they want to know yeah. that you believe them so make sure that you let them know that you believe them also promote their sense of safety let them know that they are safe with you calm them also in any way you can make sure that you help them get back to um. A kind of um, op- 
hopefulness help them feel hopeful again also when you see resources for example now i send podcasts to my friend maybe i see that oh there's something going on and there's a podcast i'm listening to and i think oh this thing might actually help this person feel better about what is going on i send it to them even if it's just videos to make them laugh i I send to them so checking also checking on survivors regularly as often as you can it's also important that they have um um physical is a physical support to not just online if you can visit them in person help yeah. them go out i know there's covid out there <laughs> when there is no covid please make sure that um you yeah. help them leave the house because being in the house all oh, they can also contribute to um feeling depressed and down mm. okay okay that's that's helpful thank you so i I know i said that was the last question but then this is actually (laughs) the last question this one now (laughs) so um nigeria is a very um religious country and i've had to repeat this over and over in the last episodes of our podcast um but then i think it's also worth repeating again nigeria is a very religious country and we cannot um neglect the role that religious centers play when it comes to sexual um, yeah. um assaults right or yeah, yeah sexual abuse um cases is there a role um or rather of course there's a role now is there something more that the church and the mocks and the other religious houses should be doing um to help these people okay. who have survived okay, i think um, um these crimes oh the first thing i'm going to mention is that Churches and monks and other religious houses themselves should be accountable. Like they should hold their leaders accountable. We have situations of where leaders actually abuse and um, violate or molest their uh, members, and they just get uh, the cases like this just get swept under the rug. So even um, um, justice has to start from religious houses. Hold people accountable. Also, um, I think consent should be taught in religious houses. Like, teach your congregation what consent is. Teach men that they should, they should not, teach men to not mm. violate their wives. Do not set churches, and I think maybe most to have um, counseling units. So, yeah. So, when they bring cases yeah. of domestic violence to you, don't tell them to go and set with Amike. What, what if the man eventually beats the woman to death? Mm-hmm. Or what if the woman beats the man to death? So make sure that you actually settle these things as they should be, in the sense that get the survivor help, remove them from that situation in that moment, remove them out of that environment. I also think that um, religious houses should serve as or provide shelters for survivors of gender-based violence because there are so many religious houses or religious um, places in nigeria like there are so many now imagine each of these places actually mm-hmm. serving or having a uh, shelter for survivors it's going to be so much easier for people to live situations and environments in which they are being abused or violated so yeah those are what i think ah okay okay that's that, that's super helpful hopefully um people in the religious um space would come across this podcast and um 
see how they can incorporate mm-hmm. this into their activities. Um, yeah, this has been very, very educative. Um, thank you You're very welcome. much for coming thank on this podcast today. Yeah, and, and well done um, with what you do for those who survive these crimes out there. Uh, we pray that you, your reward you. doesn't pass you by. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. You're welcome. So thank you once again. Um, you too. Yeah. Have a great day, right? Thank you for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to share your thoughts with us via email or through a recording right on this app. Thank you.